0: Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving
1: ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us. And right now, we present. We've got an, a very unique and uh, inspiring talent with us today. He's, he's a great dude, and uh, he does stuff in a really cool way that I have no idea how he does what he does. His name is Asher Loud. And uh, he is with us. And where are you, Asher?
0: I'm out here in New York, Kevin.
1: Ah, uh, what? I, now, do you live in New York?
0: I do. I live here, born and bred. Although upstate is where I was actually born, but been New York state my whole life. So On now, are part. you are you in the Manhattan area now? Or? I, I was for about ten years, and now i have now we're out in uh, Long Island, so a little bit east. Very mm-hmm. nice. And and you you have
1: quite a resume about you. Tell us about, tell our audience a little bit about what it is you do and your resume. Cause you've been on in Carnegie hall and you've been all over the place. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Uh, I have a, a bit of an eclectic kind of experience professionally uh, as a musician. I wear a lot of different hats. So I'm a first and foremost, electric violinist, composer, producer, and live performer. Uh, I own a, an entertainment group called fiddler's dream productions. And I, uh, you know, I started off pretty young uh, at the age of three, two and a half, actually two and change on the violin. And that sort of started off my career, if you will. Um, And so what I'm doing today is uh, playing professionally, do about 200 events a year, live events. And I'm a producer and uh, work pretty hard in the studio where I'm at right now talking to you. And that's my passion. That's what I love to do. And uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Well, congratulations, and I'm glad you're here and following
1: your passion. What I'd like to do real quick is to go ahead and play this. I've got a little uh, uh, tape uh, of uh, of you playing because uh, people need to see how a unique a style of, of uh, player you are, and then we'll talk about your style and where it came from and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, again, we're talking with Asher Laub and we'll be right back. We're gonna play this on if it doesn't if it doesn't work, it's not my fault. is really really impressive how did you learn how to do all that
0: uh well uh the violin part um i can't even call it a talent because it's just something i've been doing my whole life and i was carefully trained over many many years uh and then gymnastics came along late middle school so i had a number of years to kind of learn how to jump on my hands do flips that type of stuff and then i kind of merged the two later on when i moved into this, the professional realm of getting paid to do events, live events, and uh, working with breakdancers, I learned how to incorporate with some of their help uh, the violin and the dancing and the movements. So uh, that's pretty much how it happened. That's really
1: incredible. That is is really something. Now, you have played in a bunch of different venues. Tell us where you've played.
0: Uh, I mean, I've done probably about, 2,000 plus events since 2001 um, uh, across the country and in parts of Europe, um, you know, the Middle East. So, uh, but I would say of, the, of the, the more notable venues that I've played are uh, Madison Square Garden, Carnegie Hall, Lincoln Center, uh, Master Theater, you know, a bunch of those, uh, Jacob Javits Center, some basically major uh, well-known uh, venues. And I'm grateful to have had those experiences. And uh, but, you know, uh, it's def- definitely top of my list in terms of bu- definitely on the bucket list, of you if you will. But uh, I've also uh, had the opportunity to perform on PBS a few times. So that's been pretty cool. Uh, but nothing there's nothing quite as rewarding as playing for fans from home here on Long Island. So I just oh, want man. to mention that
1: well Long Island is a I have not been there yet it's on my bucket list I need to go I mean on uh, a live stream on Facebook so oh very nice very nice and what do you how can people find that
0: so uh, facebook.com slash Asher music uh, I go live weekly so typically Wednesdays Thursdays or so uh, in the evening uh, Eastern Standard Time around eight to nine o'clock and uh, yeah try to connect with with fans, different parts of the country and in Europe as, uh, as, as often as I can via the live streams.
1: Now, what did you do with CNN? What were you talking? Were you talking politics?
0: Uh, <laughs> well, you know, there's, I, there's just been a number of, I mean, it's, there's been years of, of just press on, on music releases that I've done over the years. So, uh, I mean, I've done a lot of interviews. I don't think I did an interview on CNN. I think it was written up about, uh in an article in cnn um the new york new york post i mean a, a number of these writers have have attended my shows my you know performances so they've, they've written about me
1: well uh, that's really much. that's really cool and you're also a producer and you're a songwriter and you do all all of those things what are you what are you working on now, now is this your home studio
0: yeah this is my home studio uh just about the, the amount of space that I need. I can't fit a whole orchestra to record here, but uh, <laughs> i probably get squashed in. But uh, I, a lot of what I'm doing here is um, is me. So it's, I'm recording violin uh, through this mic, actually. And uh, I'm doing a lot of production via the software on my computer. And then I work remotely with a lot of uh, artists, different parts of the country and also in Europe. So that's that's what I'm doing here in this space. And also I, I live stream here also.
1: Cool. Now there's a lot of people that might want to do this of what you're doing is where did your talent come from? Is it generational? Did it come from your, your parents and grandparents or are you just, just started picking it, picked it up when you were three and can't put it
0: down? So, uh, well, my aunt Sheila was probably the ultimate inspiration. uh, I guess catalyst for, for me learning the violin and stay with my old, oldest brother because she's in the Boston Symphony. So there's a little bit of uh, blood there. Um, but, uh, you know, my, my parents played played instruments, ukulele, violin, uh, but but they weren't professional musicians. Uh, but they kind of set all set all of us, myself and three other siblings, up to be professional musicians without the intention of us actually earning a living in it, ironically. So, uh, they just kind of wanted to give us the skills. I don't know if it was about resume or brain development, or whatever. Um, I'm really the only one who made it a full time career. So uh, I, I I can't even say again that I that I I don't give myself credit for having a talent. People call it a talent. I I see it more as just practice. Like anybody can achieve whatever to a certain degree if they just through enough repetition. And we're talking thousands and thousands of hours of just playing etudes and and. Uh, and scales and arpeggios, and just learning the fingering by heart, and just making just just making it a part of my internal mechanism of thinking uh, since a very early age. So when you do that, I think anybody could be be a good good musician. Oh, I
1: disagree with. You. <laughs> I think I think you're selling yourself way too short because what, first of all. To be a professional musician and a violinist and is able to make uh, money and to be a soloist and, and to do what you're all the things that you're doing takes a great deal of, of talent and stick-to-itiveness and stuff. I mean, if you were playing since you were three, it must have been that, that you didn't have anybody looking over your shoulder saying, Now, Asher, before you go out and play, you're going to have to play a
0: half-hour of violin. Well, um, my parents were paying for me to get private professional lessons. So I literally, I, so I, I can't take credit for, for just being this, uh, baby Mozart. Although I'm sure I'm assuming Mozart and Bach also had private lessons. I I may be wrong, but uh, I definitely had guidance and I had love and support, um, now the self-driven part came later on when it went in, in the professional realm. So I was never taught to improvise. I was never taught to dance and play. I was never taught to do, you know, uh, to, to produce. So that I give myself a little more credit for, but the groundwork was laid out at a very early age. So touche. <laughs> <laughs> had to say that. <laughs>
1: of course. <laughs> That's very nice of you. It's very nice of you. Well, I, I look at it, see, I played the guitar when I was a kid and, and it was one of those things where if I didn't play enough, my mom eventually pulled the lessons because I wanted to go out and play a ball rather than, you know, play guitar and, Mm -hmm. and stuff. So it is there. A lot of us have taken lessons. Not all of us have had the, the passion, which is, which is really what I like to talk about is there's something different about you because of the passion that you have driven, yourself with for a very long time and continue to do it and now i would c- consider your well let me ask you do you consider what you're doing like performance art
0: um why not sure uh i, I wouldn't I, I don't know how else to really describe it it's just i don't know so i'm gonna have to have to gonna have to go with your description uh i mean it's art it's performance performance art for sure <laughs>
1: well it's argument. different it's different than you being like uh first violin or second violin in an orchestra when you're in in a pit um you you're putting yourself out there in a very unique way,
0: yeah, in a pretty risky way too you <laughs> all sorts of risks with music but it's that that's been my it's been my drive to just sort of do things a bit different because uh, well partially because of a lot of a lot of my past a lot of my history that sort of led me to take these risks and to just do things. Uh, in a manner that uh, very few other people are really willing to do or maybe are capable of doing. Um, so, and I'm, I I could probably blame that on trauma to, to a certain degree, uh, which I think drives a lot of people to kind of do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. Uh, but also just the realization that, um, you know, I'd like to kind of try to, what's the word? Charted my own path, my own course. Just trying to try to present myself in the in a unique way possible and show the world that I am uniquely myself and I have a different kind of message to relay to the world. And I don't really fit into this cookie cutter type of uh, setting in, in any capacity. <laughs> I, I've never I've never fit in, uh, you know, since I was a kid. So this is just one one more example.
1: You know, one of the things that uh, I always like to ask people that have done things of note like you have done um i've talked to people that have walked the red carpet as an example what's it like to walk the red carpet what's it like to get an award in an an award show what's it like to be center stage in carnegie hall or in madison square garden which is a both of them are world-renowned uh venues
0: uh, well, to be honest, it's overwhelming. Uh, it's a little scary. And that's that's coming from somebody who was born on stage. Uh, we're talking, you know, age three, age four. I was doing Suzuki performances along with my peers in front of an audience. Uh, literally on a monthly basis, um, sometimes bimonthly, up until the end of high school. So, uh, you know, I did about maybe 500 to 700 some odd performances until I... Until I ended up in uh, Madison Square Garden, at the very least. And uh, none of those performances—I I don't. When I look back at them, I don't remember feeling heart palpitations. But when I was in Madison Square Garden, and the videos are all there, they're pointing at you, and there's like thousands of people in the crowd. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, can't can't lie about that. If I were to do like five or six or seven more times, uh, probably get used to it. But uh, definitely not the first time. <laughs> I, I don't know that you'd ever get used to it because you're always concerned about that particular
1: performance and you want to make sure it's as good as it can be. I, and isn't it true that if without just a little bit of nervousness, you're not going to be at your best. I've heard that before.
0: Yeah. And I probably wasn't exactly because of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people noticed because there's a soon you got lights going on and big orchestra, but um Definitely grateful for the, the experience and uh, was definitely nervous and I wouldn't blame anybody for being nervous in that situation.
1: Well, you know, the really cool thing is, is that those people came and paid to see you. So they were in your corner from the beginning. They wanted to make sure that, that you did well and they were rooting for you to do well and, and stuff like that. What's it like to get to any, to get, I don't know, 15 or 20,000 people standing and applauding you at the
0: same time. I, you know, um. So, so it's, it, it's kind of, it's, it's a bit, uh, what's the word? It's a bit of a, in a it has a somewhat of a, in a addictive component to like, you sure. get, get this sort of a high, like, Oh, I want to do this tomorrow. And I want to do it next <laughs> week too. <laughs> it's like, Oh, no, no, you're not Billy Joel, you know, playing the garden every night. Uh, but but, but yeah, you, you, I can't lie. It's it's, it's an amazing feeling. Uh, and the trick is really getting off of that high and remaining uh, grounded after, yeah. after the fact, because these well, highs, they come, eh, eh, they come throughout the year uh, for me. And, and uh, I, I have a family and I have a lot of responsibilities and I got a mortgage and God knows what else uh, other responsibilities. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I gotta stay grounded, you know, all these like rock stars out there, uh, I don't really envy them to be honest the 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 highs and on the crashes uh, that's just far from what I want to have associations with
1: well now you're 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 doing a lot of music and and you're putting out um, albums and and stuff like that what's your what's your current project you're working on
0: um oddly enough multiple projects uh, for multiple reasons because I'm trying to yeah hard to believe hard to believe <laughs> <laughs> right so uh, where do I start? So Neon my Neon Dreams album is about us one. I'm gonna say one song short of an album. Um uh, and that is uh that's a completely original album. I have a covers album. I'm working on a second covers album. Uh just because just due to popular demand, people ask me, Oh, can you cover this song? Because that's one. All right, fine, guys. I'll do it for you. you. know, I'll make a separate album. I'm not putting it into the Neon Dreams album. I've got to separate them because of the royalties and everything. Uh oh, and, and I'm I'm also working on, so that's the, that's the most important thing. I'm also working on a classical album, uh, which is kind of a different animal. It's we're talking full symphonies, like 30, 40, 40 channels, uh, instruments, brass, uh, winds, percussion strings. Uh, that's, uh, that's a different animal than the electronic classical vibe that's in the neon dreams album. Uh, so. And I'm going to say that that sort of evolved recently. Like I only started pumping out full symphonies in the last year or so. Um, independently, I'm saying independent of other producers. What so, uh, made that transition for you? Because uh, I guess I, I wasn't happy with a lot of the different elements that some of the producers I was, I was working with were creating. And when I was asking for certain changes, those changes didn't really come to fruition in the way that I envisioned them. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to do it myself because uh, because that's you know, I spent my whole life in, uh, playing symphonies, the Greater Buffalo Youth Orchestra, uh, you know, kind of w- working on uh, different competitions like NISMA and Upstate, uh, which are those are statewide classical competitions for kids in, uh, in high school at the time. So yeah, so I just figured, why not? Why why am I farming this out to, to other producers when I could just uh, kind of work on my, my own studio? Now, granted, I I don't always have the time to do that, so I still do work with other other very talented individuals uh, to supplement what I don't have time uh, in the in the studio because I'm doing live performances about 200 events throughout the year, and I'm doing interviews, and this is very important, and this is very rewarding to, for me, by the way, Kevin. So thanks thanks again for having me. Uh, oh, absolutely wear a lot of hats. You know, I got a family, a lot of, a lot of obligations. So I can't always produce symphonies from scratch. Uh, but that's what I've been doing lately.
1: I traveled when my kids were small. I was a traveling salesman, traveling chicken salesman, as a matter of fact. And uh, it's hard uh, being on the road to 200 dates a year. Um, do you do them mostly in New York? Or are you all over the world these days? And how, how difficult is it um to manage your family life.
0: Uh so I do I do go across the country. I, I used to I used to be in LA uh and Florida every month for like sometimes every week fly there fly back sometimes I was fly there fly back and two days later um that was that started prior to when I got married. Uh, when I got married I, I kind of slowed it down a bit but but I, I was still traveling. Now I'm traveling less uh I am staying more regional but I'm still going to Atlanta and Texas and, uh, and Florida, Canada, uh, all over the country. but a lot, lot pickier with the events that I'm that I'm that my wife is permitting me to. I, I should take I should take the credit. That's, it's really me, but it's a, I, I make a dial. I, I allow for there to be a dialogue, dialogue between myself and my wife. If you're, if you're gonna maintain a family, this, is, this goes out to anybody uh, who's, who travels. If you have the opportunity to stay home or even to occasionally skip and skip an event, you're not required. If you're not required to travel um, and, you know, it can kind of have a negative impact on your marriage, on your family, then then, you know, you got to kind of factor that in. And that's what I try to do the best. Uh, that's, that's what I try to do. Last week, I was in. Uh, I was in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, We're rocking out on uh, some Charlie Daniels. Love that music. Oh, um, oh do, you,
1: do, you, do you? I would. I think mean, you probably don't have your, your, uh, um, ninja, but the devil goes, he went down to Georgia yep. is is like a huge, uh, I, I, that, that was actually because I grew up with the Beatles and, ah. and in the seventies and stuff. And Charlie Daniels was the first violinist or fiddle player or whatever he calls himself. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly he's passed now, I think. Yeah. Um, but that was the first time that somebody had taken that instrument and the Beatles had used it a little bit, but, and, and that was his big, his big deal. And that, that was a, that was a, a great song.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I incorporated, uh, a couple of riffs from that particular song into what I was playing. Uh, that was fun. It's like a fundraising type of concert. But so to answer your question in a nutshell is, yes, I do travel, but I try to travel less and I try to prioritize local events in the tri-state, Connecticut, you know, New Jersey, that type of stuff for now, because I got a three-year-old, I have an 11-year-old. Uh, and when the price is, you know, I, I do go out to like Hawaii and that type of stuff um, when, when the price is right, or if it's like, okay, I'll go out there and then I'll come back and really focus on the family for a week. So it's sort of a trade-off.
1: Right. Right. So the big million-dollar question is, how close are you to the million-mile mark?
0: The um, well, uh, I I wish I could answer that. How <laughs> <laughs> <probably> far away? <laughs> but you, yeah. you know,
1: with with all the frequent miles that you get, and that if in some in I my boss, it was his big deal. Yeah. He wanted to get the million miles.
0: Well, I can tell you, um, I used to use those frequent flyers all the time. Um, and I still, yeah, I, I have I have a couple of uh, United points that probably translate to some nice trips. Uh, JetBlue, you know. Well, I, I don't know what I'm saving them up for. I have no idea. <laughs> probably saving them up for them to expire at this point.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know that you're traveling too much to a specific location when the rental car guy knows you by name.
0: Ah. Yes. Well, I'm not well, I, I was there at a point. I was always going to Enterprise uh when I was in uh when I flew to uh Los Los Angeles. Um but uh LAX that was that was my airport of choice. Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I I, I liked uh, John Wayne. It it was uh, smaller and and uh
0: maybe four or five times I've been there. About it uh so that's nice feeling getting off that plane, John Wayne.
1: Yeah, was, so I was I was just thinking about it. Have you ever thought about putting together a really cool show and, and doing Vegas for a period of time?
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna say it in an airport on the tarmac. And I was just <laughs> thinking that would be a great idea. <laughs> How cool would that be? That would
1: be <laughs> cool. And the way, of course, you're pretty light on your feet, so you could move around the airplanes and stuff. And but uh it,
0: but have you ever thought about doing well, that's that? The point. Uh, well, now the Vegas thing, uh, I have I have done, I have done corporate events uh, in Vegas. I've not done like concert residencies out there, which yeah needs to happen. Um, and actually, I, I had a booking agency reach out to me. You just reminded me; <laughs> he's been reaching out to me for weeks now. <laughs> we even spoke. So yeah, I guess it might happen sooner rather rather than later because I haven't really uh, followed up on that just due to overwhelming schedule but yeah vegas i have a if you check out my youtube channel i have a couple of uh music videos that i shot out there um right next to right next to what is it uh hell's hell's kitchen a couple different spots yeah yeah iconic spots there so so what's your youtube the channel? Venetian. huh what's your youtube channel um uh, this is the confusing Well, if you just search Asher Lab, that's the easy ways to get to me. I, and I have three channels. So I have the primary one, which is Asher Asher Official, Asher Official Music. Um, they don't make it very easy to get people there for some no, reason. Asher's Club is just like a lot of social media type shenanigans and lesser produced music videos. And Asher Land is my world, like more of my personal background. Uh, which people seem to be a little more organically interested in, which is interest, which is, uh, I guess I'm surprised, uh, but I, I guess it makes sense. People like to know all the people like to get down and dirty with, okay, what's the, what's the behind the scenes uh, of this guy. So, well, they're, yeah, vested
1: in, they're vested in you as a human being because they, they love you. You're um, you come across as being a really energetic fun loving guy uh that that has a tremendous talent and so people are interested in in that and you and stuff like that i would imagine
0: yeah well well thank you and i i I guess it's that people like the uncurated me or uh the uncurated artist whatever it is uh we us artists we try to curate as much as possible because we want we don't want to look like idiots uh, most of the time, at least, <laughs> but it's hard these days, you know, when you're, you're in the public eye and you're sort of expected to be as such. Otherwise people kind of, they're no longer interested they're in supporting your music. They want to know everything about you. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's the, I have a patrons group uh, on Facebook, law patrons. And, and uh, I welcome people to kind of hop in there in addition to Patreon to sort of check out a bunch of behind the scenes content, which is w- rarely curated
1: and this is this is the part of the program where i'm going to give a public public service announcement the music chain the music business has changed and disagree with me if you choose to sir uh the music business dare kevin (laughs) (laughs) the the music business has changed a great deal in the last 20 years and because of, of of the internet and because of streaming Um, A lot of guys are doing some fantastic music, some great work. They're putting their lives uh, on hold to get this done, and they're making squat. Because So if you go to Asher's information, however you find him, please buy his music. Don't stream it. He makes nothing from streaming. Buy his music. Use it. Take it home. Treasure it. But uh, because it's these these places like um, um, Stitcher and and Spotify and those guys there, I'm hoping it'll change. But everybody that I talk to uh, that is a musician is in the same boat. And and if, if it isn't, if you're not doing 200 dates a year, it's hard for you to make a living. That'd be true.
0: Uh, absolutely. That, that's really, uh, that's really nice of you to say, Kevin. Um, it, it is difficult as an artist to earn off of royalties, unless you are Drake, uh, or, you know, signed to a major label. And at the top of the major label, the people that are at the bottom signed to the major label, with the 360 deals, they're making nothing. They're in the negative zone. The people in the one percentile of, uh, of artists, um, Coldplay, you know, Dua Lipa, they're, they're making the money because they got a billion streams. um, the rest of us, it's you know, it's it's a it's a tough game because forty percent of the uh, the iTunes and well Spotify, it's forty percent of Spotify, I believe forty to fifty percent is is uh, invested in and owned by the major label, the three major labels. So uh, just keep that in mind. Um, While well, we all kind of support it. We all we all stream and we all kind of pay pay to be members uh, on Spotify. Uh, that's it's a tough game that they have to navigate. And uh, I got that information from an insider. So. Um, the, the live performances, I, I would actually prefer to just earn a living off of connecting with my fans virtually and and just producing music from the studio, uh, from the cover of my own home. And, and I just, I find, I find that to be more meaningful because I feel like I connect with fans and the messaging gets out better than in live performance where there's, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of uh, literal and figurative noise uh, around sort of the the sponsors and the the other... Uh, you know the the other kind of uh, components of a live performance, corporate events, co- even even concerts. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out. Well, and we
1: appreciate you coming here and and talking with us because you know you're you're gifted what you do. You're you're leading a life. Did, did you ever stop and think about the life that you're actually leading that most people would love to and die for, but they they don't have the ability to do that um does it does it make you humble at all uh
0: it it does but at the same time i'm going to have to be honest and say that i don't have enough time to to be that reflective as <laughs> <because> i'm running <laughs> 120 miles an hour uh it's like a rat race to an extent you're always on the treadmill
1: of life trying to make it work in many different ways and uh and you're producing and, and now are you going to produce other artists? Do you think?
0: Well, uh, so it uh, says so it's a good segue to uh, various collaborations that I've done. So I haven't exclusively produced any artists in terms of their albums, but it's definitely within it. The in, def, definitely something I'm interested in. i have to find the right artist. And I think it's one of those things where it sort of builds from one song, one single to the next, as opposed to, Hey, let's do a full album together. And if, if, crap or whatever you want to use the word uh, hits the fan, then, uh, okay, this project's done. You know, it's just, I I find that it's after the fact, we'll know if we will work, if we will work to, we, me and the other artists will work together to produce a full album. So one song at a time. So for instance, uh, Porter Singer, very talented singer, pardon the pun, out in Seattle, Uh, beautiful voice. We, we collaborate on a single. We might do it again. RL is Island in Israel, a bunch of, bunch of other I've worked with, uh, insane beats, more of a hip hop kind of release. We've, we've worked together on these, on these projects and, uh, I could see us coming back together to, to produce another song. Uh, at the moment, subtle pulse is what, what was my last collaboration with a uh, Porter singer. And I'm looking forward to, to working with a few other artists in the next couple of months too.
1: And and you got to answer the uh, guy who keeps calling you about the Vegas thing, by the way, I keep, I'm going to bring that up again for you.
0: Oh, that guy. Yeah. Speaking of collaboration. Well, that's, that's not an artist. That's, that's a, more of a booking agent. Uh, who, yes. Who books, events, work, works with celebrities, that type of stuff. So uh, that's, that's something I, I need to follow up on. Cause Kevin said, so I'm going to hop on yeah. the phone right after this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, um, what is, what is it it's five and six six thirty five your time uh
0: yeah it is so I'm actually
1: what time is by you it's like
0: have you had dinner later, right I had dinner yeah. yes was that your question
1: yeah well I was I you know it's six it's six thirty and I, I really appreciate you coming on this late um in your in your day and you probably have got other stuff that you're going to be doing in the, tonight and in your studio or or whatever, but uh, um, it's 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 really cool that uh, that you came and, and talked to us. Will you will you come and do a, a radio show, and we can play more of your songs? I would be honored, Kevin. That would, that would be really cool if we, if we can uh, and we'll set it up so that we can do two or three or four, and you can send me the MP3s, and then we can <laughs> have you know we'll just play them during the course of the hour. And uh, put out your information. I think that would be uh, great fun because your your sound is so unique. Is there anybody else there? Uh, is there anybody else out there like you?
0: Uh, I like to think that everybody's you know independently unique and everybody has a different uh, unique tone uh, sound. I do have you know there there are other crossover violinists out there very talented. You know I've learned from the greats uh, like um, Vanessa May. Uh, David Garrett, um, Jean-Luc Ponty uh, Joe Manuti, these are jazz violinists. So, uh, but we don't have the same sound per se, but closer than I would have with Itzhak Proman, for instance, when I'm playing elect- electronic classical. But if we're playing like Schindler's List, I you know, try to aim to sound more like Itzhak Proman. So, gotcha, gotcha. But how many of them can break dance and play at the same uh, time? I think there might be. A, there's, there's a couple of. There's a handful. Not not a lot. Not a lot of us. <laughs> well, you got to
1: be in shape too, and you got to learn how to dance and and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's. Is that part of your performance?
0: Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's not part of every performance, to be honest, because the. It's not always the right. It's not always the right. Uh, opportunity to do that. Not everybody wants to see dancing. Um, it's not a, you know. It kind of needs to be like a big concert where people are really um, hyped up. If it's like a more classical concert or more of a more of a, a chill kind of relaxing uh, performance, it's uh, you know it doesn't really require the the dancing or the choreography. Uh, so I think it kind of depends. And also, it, it, you know, when you're when you're playing arpeggios, it, it's not. You really don't want to be dancing a whole lot because you can play out of tune and you really have to concentrate on the fingers. It works a little bit better with electronic dance, music, hip hop, that type of stuff. It's a genre specific thing.
1: What you just said a word that I do not know what it means. Um,
0: Arpeggio. Oh, arpeggio. So, uh, or basically you can think of it as scales, but skipping notes. So you're, you really have to think about the notes that you're playing. And even if you don't have to think about it, you just have, you need your position to be, you need to be standing in the same Place your feet planted on the floor, if you don't want your fingers to move a little slightly south or north of where they're supposed to be. That makes sense.
1: Well, it, it it does because you know in um, in my world when I was playing guitar we had something called a fret uh, that
0: you now the in in the violin
1: world there are no frets, are there?
0: No. When I was a, a three, four, five year old playing Suzuki, but the frets we were colored stickers, little we sort of fake frets and then we took them off as the violin grew, but there's, there's no frets on my electric or my acoustic uh, violin. How do you
1: hit the right note?
0: Oh, you have to feel it sort of like singing, you know, they don't, there aren't frets when you sing, you just sort of feel it.
1: Uh, Yeah. But you feel it with, you're feeling it with your fingers. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of practice really.
1: I don't know that I could practice that much. I don't know that it would ever work for me. But that's that's you know, that's that's okay. But that's that's why you're as talented as you are. And by the way, we're talking to Asher Lob. Go to his website, which is Asherlob.com, and that's the uh, L A U B dot com and buy some music. He's got stuff there. Um, I would love for you to buy uh, some some of his stuff and uh, and it's on Amazon and everywhere else, I would assume, yes?
0: It is on all major platforms. Uh, there, there is some music that is not there, like uh, by Lord of the Rings uh, symphony, uh, which is pretty much a cover of Nori Brandyfoot and and uh, Galadriel, a couple other melodies from the Lord of the Rings, rings of power. Um, I just fell in love with that, that app, that series of that Amazon series. So songs like that, there are a number of songs that are on astralob.com store that you can get, you can stream it for free or you can purchase it, download it. But the but all my originals are on all major platforms, Uh, you know Amazon, iTunes, Deezer, you know, you name it, Spotify. Now, uh,
1: tell me about your your association with ABBA
0: or the song. Okay, okay, so that that I guess it could be confusing because it's not the the band ABBA. I've done covers of that, but the release uh, uh, is called is actually pronounced ABBA and that's that's hebrew for for father. So that was based that's that's a symphony that i based off of like an israeli tune. Um also it was a song in demand. Um and that's also like again brass, strings, percussion, winds. Um i just that, w- that was sort of in the beginning of, of beginning stages of the of the symphony releases that i w- added a little bit of electronic rhythm to. Um i i wish i had the kind of the 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 background story um at my fingertips unfortunately i don't <laughs> because that's like months ago That's like four releases ago i'm trying to like i'm doing i'm you know I'm, i've done i've done exodus most recently which is a passover medley um i did that was also a request um haven't done an easter medley i should probably do that got a lot of people in the midwest looking for that kind of stuff Uh, And then a tribute to Israel. So there's like this theme of like Israeli music recently that I've been producing just by association with listeners.
1: What's it like putting together a symphony with all kinds of instruments? Do you have the, have all the, all the collaborations and the, and the melodies and the harmonies and stuff? Is that all in your head? And if it is, how do you sleep at night?
0: So, I, to be honest, some of it is in my head. I, I don't think I'm Mozart where the whole thing is in my head or Beethoven. It's Beethoven. Everything was, he was, he was mostly deaf or almost deaf. Uh, the, a, a lot of it's in my head. I do hear a lot of melodies, but uh, I don't think I'd be able to function if I, if I had, if I had full symphonies constantly running through my, through my brain, you know, I would be able to have normal conversations with people. Uh, but but it definitely helps to have technology where you know I have my daw which is my digital audio workstation where I'm able to record multiple channels so if something doesn't sound right then I can kind of shift up the melody and that's how I'm able to kind of produce the the product that I that that I like awesome
1: awesome i i have to sadly have to wrap this one up but i would love for you to tell us anything that you would like us to know before we go
0: sure so uh, well, if you'd like to check out my music, uh, you can connect with me on astralob.com and, uh, that'll direct you to all the different channels. If you want to see all of my shenanigans, you can check me out on Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, uh, astralob, A-S-H-E-R-L-A-U-B. And, uh, hope to connect with you guys. You can send me a DM, post a comment, and then, uh, sit, sit I'll send the love back. And uh, my original music, like I mentioned, is on uh, all major platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Thank you very much, Asher, for being here. I
0: really have enjoyed our conversation. Oh, I had a great time, Kevin. Thank you.
1: I I, I hope so. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. It was fun.
0: I absolutely did. I had a blast, Kevin. Thank you.
1: If you can wait right there, I'll be right back. Uh Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named, PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because